Hi, I'm Catherine Delgado. And I'm Priya Kamath. And you're listening to FIRST. Hey guys, um, it has been a while. Um, it's been a hot minute. It really has. After after the election ended and and our collaboration with When We All Vote slash My School Votes ended, we decided to take a little bit of a break. Um, wasn't really planned. I mean, we'd never really intended for the break to be like, a couple weeks long, but it, it turned out to be like a month. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a while. But yeah. you know what? I feel like that break was kind of needed. We were definitely like pushing ourselves, releasing like three mm-hmm. episodes a week. So Catherine, it, I don't know if you guys know, but Catherine is a senior. So she suddenly also got caught up with college apps. And then I had like I mean, I guess I didn't have as much of an excuse, but I was definitely studying for the SAT and my classes got tough. You know, we're we're both high schoolers, so yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I we I felt like we needed a break because it was just so much work doing that. Like we were recording three episodes a week, trying to post it up and like and speed run it. We were trying to speed run the whole process. And I was like, okay, let's just take a week off. And then for some reason, every because t- we meet on Tuesdays, we meet every Tuesday to like talk about things. And then after the one we all vote thing happened, we just stopped meeting on Tuesdays. We were like, let's just meet another time. And yeah. we, we didn't meet for like a long time. Like we, I think we met with one person to talk about if they wanted to come on the podcast. But then it just somehow it's been a month since we released an episode. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's this is like the busiest time of the year. Um, once semester one ends for me, I'm chilling. There's nothing else I have to do. I mean, I have two classes in the spring and one of them is a college course. So like, y'all are gonna hear more from me soon. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just think I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah, me too. Oh my God. We've been picking up this week and like we did an interview yesterday, which you guys will be hearing in a little bit. Uh, we're recording this episode, so we're definitely getting back in the game. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> it felt so odd for like four weeks, like not touching the podcast at all. And yeah, and then when we had to record an interview, we had to practice for it like a few times because we forgot like yeah. what do we usually say? How do we do our intro? So yeah, it's definitely been a while, but I think we're not that rusty. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say I would say we're pretty we're pretty back into it. Uh, you know that grammar was not correct but that's okay (laughs) it's fine I think we have lots more energy now like I am like sitting upright I'm like jumping up and down so oh yeah I don't know if you guys noticed but in our episodes we noticed after we posted them like a couple weeks ago as we were re-listening to them but our episodes especially towards the end of our series like our energy levels were low-key like (laughs) down in the dumps because we were both so tired and I mean, I would say it wasn't like that bad, but we were definitely tired. So yeah, and we are re-energized now. Like yes. we have so much energy. I am ready to scream off the top of my lungs. I won't actually scream for the podcast, but we're ready to put all of our effort into this. So okay, so you know, in true first fashion, today we're going to be talking about yet another election. So, Catherine, do you want to start into that a little bit? Yeah, no, I think it's just weird because we were just talking about how we were focusing on an election, getting people involved is when we all vote. 
I'm trying to like spread awareness and then we took a break and now we're going back to elections. It's just some sort of cycle apparently, but um, we wanted to focus today on the Georgia runoff elections, which pretty much I think most people are talking about right now. Um, they're really important because it's going to determine the balance of power um, at least for the next two to four years, right? Yeah, you're right. So before we talk about like the candidates and what our listeners can do to help, uh, just because Catherine and I know what the Georgia Senate runoffs are, doesn't mean that everyone is going to. So we're gonna talk about a little bit of background. So first of all, uh, prior to the 2020 elections, the Republican Party, Republican Party held a majority inside the Senate um, and it was a 53 to 47 majority. Now I'm sure like, if you guys have been paying attention to the news over the last four or five years, this 53 to 47 majority has definitely been um, evident. There's been a lot of like conflicts um, inside Congress because the House has been held by Democrats and the Senate has been held by Republicans. And so we've seen a lot of that over the last couple of years. Yeah, but I, I agree with Priya that it's definitely been evident over the past few years because in the constitution, we have the system of checks and balances. And I know I'm getting like into like heavy into civics right now, but basically whoever controls which branch of government and like their relationship with the other branch determines whether or not the country can get stuff done. And um, especially when we're in the pandemic and we need to give aid to people who are sick or um, immunocompromised or people who are like losing their jobs, um, it's important for them or like with us going to school or not going to school in person, but having to do it online, um, we really need help to occur and like action to be present right away. But because we're not sure how these branches are gonna turn out and who's gonna control them and what they're gonna do, it just makes everything seem so unclear, which is why people are really waiting and anxious to see how these Georgia runoff elections turn out. Because if it doesn't go in the way they want it to, then they might have to wait months or years to get the aid that they need right now. Yeah, so pretty much the 2020 elections did happen. Um, but there are some states in which if one candidate doesn't get 50% of the vote, then they'll go into a runoff election. So inside Georgia, uh, this was already a special circumstance because both Senate seats were up for uh, the election. In most states, you'll just have like one seat, maybe even zero, because uh, Senate seats are like every six years they're reelected. But in Georgia, both, both seats were open. So that was already a weird circumstance. And then none of the candidates got 50% of the vote. So now there are two runoff elections that are gonna happen in Georgia between the top two candidates in each seat. And uh, the runoff election is going to happen on January 5th, 2021. So the reason that is important is because if the Democratic Party candidates win both the seats, then the Senate will be flipped to the Democratic side. But if Republican candidates keep both the seats, then the Republicans will also keep the House, or sorry, the Senate. So that is why so many people are, like whatever your political party preference is, this is important because these two Senate seats will determine how the uh, Senate is compromised. And like Catherine said, what's going to happen over the next couple of years? 
can I just say like this is a weird like how did we get in this situation because like Priya said senate terms are every six years but they're like staggered in a way where they only elections happen every two years but not everyone is up for election so typically two senate races in one state wouldn't occur and then in both races candidates didn't reach the 50 mark so it's just a weird situation like it's really indicative of like how 2020 is turning out like just all chance you don't know what's going to happen so the the stakes are definitely high um yeah like it just determines the fate of the nation for at least two more years unless there's another election in the senate or the house is flipped so um yeah for sure everyone like i'm definitely watching this race i think a lot of people are uh, and I think the names of the candidates who are in these races are definitely becoming more popular and people are becoming more familiar with like their stances and what they believe in and their policies. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of which, um, Catherine and I d- thought it would be a good idea before talking about what our listeners can do about these runoffs to just like inform some people about the candidates and just make sure that everyone like is on the same page. Um, so Catherine, do you first of all want to talk about John Ossoff and David Perdue? Yeah, for sure. So John Ossoff and David Perdue are the, what I would say, like the main election that was like set to happen that we knew was going to happen just because Perdue was elected back in 2014. So he was up for re-election anyway. Like we knew this was going to happen. It was not a surprise. Uh, John Ossoff has been uh, pretty popular lately because he did run for a congressional district um, a few years ago, right? Um, and then his name got popularized and then he decided he's gonna run for Senate. So the first election that we'll be talking about is John Ossoff and David Perdue. Perdue is the incumbent senator, which means he's like serving as Senator of Georgia right now. Um, his term is up or will almost be up. So he had to go through his con- constitutional duty and get reelected again. Um, he's pretty devoted to national security, foreign affairs and the economy. He has a background in business before he came and joined the Senate. So that's where most of his background lies and that's where his priorities are. Yeah, and his main goal is just to get the nation out of this crisis that we are in now, or as he phrases from his website. Um, He's really into growing the economy, reigning in out of control spending and tackling national security issues. So that's where um, his, Devotions line, that's what he'll be advocating for if reelected. Um, yeah, and he was focusing on exposing corruption and organized crime and war, um, and war crimes on like a global scale, not just within the nation. Um, and he also has a, a little bit of experience in government. He worked from, uh, he was an aide, a national security aide uh, actually for some Georgia congressmen. So he does have some experience there. Um, and then similar to Purdue, he has areas of expertise in foreign affairs, economic policy, and national security. Yeah, he's been broadening his approach to include typical liberal issues. He's focusing on ensuring healthcare, accessible healthcare for everyone, clean energy, abortion rights, um, infrastructure, criminal justice reform. So definitely if you go to his website um, and he has a tab for policy, kind of focuses on everything and his mission statement goes um, from a wide range of issues. Um, but one of his main focuses are um, restoring the economy, 
uh, fixing the broken campaign finance system. And he's fully believing that corporate PACs and political contributions corrupt politicians. So he centers his message around policies that directly help the common people. Um, he supports affordable health care, vocational training, and debt-free public college. So he's definitely like, he roots for the little guy. Um, and he just aims to revitalize the economy and emphasize sustainability within our nation. So like the issues I mentioned right now with like Purdue focusing on national security um, and also, also focusing on the economy, like this is non-exhaustive. There is more you can definitely learn about. Um, we're just trying to keep this episode short, but um, on our website, we have their websites linked. So if you wanna hear it straight from them and their team, you should definitely check those out. Yeah, that was a great ex um, explanation of the first Senate race, Catherine, period. So now the second Senate race we're gonna talk about or the runoff that's happening in Georgia is between Reverend Raphael Warnock and Kelly Leffler. So this race is a little bit of an oddball like Catherine mentioned earlier. Um, in December of 2019, the former Senator who uh, represented Georgia resigned as a result of health concerns. So as a result, um, the at the time, the governor, Brian Kemp, appointed Kelly Leffler to the position. So because she was just appointed by the governor, there obviously needs to be an election to determine um, democratically who is going to take that Senate seat. Like that was just kind of a temporary um, assignment that was given. So this runoff election is going to determine the Senator until the regularly scheduled 2022 election. So whoever wins this runoff election is only gonna have their seat for two more years. So now that we have a little bit of background on the actual elections, let's go into the candidates. So first of all, we have Kelly Leffler, who is, first of all, she's currently a US Senator, but she's also the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream uh, Women's NBA team. So on the Senate, she's part of many different committees, including the Veterans Affairs Committee, Education, Labor and Pensions, Committee on Agriculture, um, Committee on Health, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when it comes to the campaign trail, she emphasizes mainly her support for Donald Trump, and she especially champions her record of voting 100% in accordance with the sitting president. She also, um, on, in terms of policy, she supports the expansion of Second Amendment rights, pro-life ideas, uh, preserving private health insurance and securing our nation's border. One of her like notable quotes from a recent debate was uh, addressing the Democrats and Raphael Warnock. And she said, Chuck Schumer said it best. Now we take Georgia, then we change America. They would increase our taxes, open our borders, socialize our healthcare. And my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock is their added of agent of change. So as you can see, she's pretty staunchly against um, the left and that's like a main campaign um, argument for her. So the person that's challenging Senator Leffler for her seat in, in Congress is a man named Ra Reverend Raphael Warnock. So Raphael Warnock is currently the senior pastor at the same church that MLK uh, once co-pastored a very historic church. And 
he's gained himself, he's given himself um, a pretty notable name inside Georgia as he's been recognized as one of Atlanta's 55 most powerful and uh, one of the top 10 most influential black ministers. On the campaign trail, um, one thing that you can see Warnock emphasizing a lot is the role that faith and community has had on his life. Um, he especially emphasizes that he was brought up as the 11th of 12 children, 12 children inside a family raised inside housing projects. Um, but when it comes to policy, uh, Warnock supports, um, once again, like kind of more liberal ideas such as environmental justice, uh, prison and police reform, affordable healthcare, reproductive rights, and uh, equality for members of the LGBTQ community. Um, and something notable is that if Reverend Warnock were to be elected to this position, he would be the first black senator from Georgia. So yeah, um, that's, that's a pretty brief description of both the candidates, but once again, uh, this list of policy and recognition is most definitely not exhaustive. Go to their um, campaign websites and you can learn a lot more. Yeah, and I really recommend going to those websites because it's coming straight from them and their, their team on the campaign. So you really hear the message from their point of view and how they want, like it comes straight from their hearts. Um, and you definitely learn more about them than from like, if you're reading from CNN and the New York Times or like Fox News, like this is information straight from them, which is really something that you should look for. But for sure. now that we've looked at the two races and given our little like blurbs about each one, um, we really wanted to tell y'all how to get involved because I know most of our listeners, like they're mostly like our friends or people we've met through like organizations and stuff. And most of us aren't 18 yet, we can't vote. And I'm, I think most of us aren't living in Georgia, so there's not much that we can do. But um, Priya actually came up with a bunch of action items that you can take to help increase um, voter turnout and just to get people involved in thinking, especially in Georgia, like what can they do to directly impact their lives in their state and help improve their situations, but also the situations of people living across the nation. Um, so I think we should definitely get into that now. Yeah, for sure. So like Catherine said, um, though we can't vote, most of us don't live in Georgia. It's probably still like nerve wracking for many of our listeners as it has been for Catherine and I to just watch this election from afar because it is going to affect the rest of our country even if it's just an election happening in the state of Georgia. There are a lot of ways we can help though. And the first one is uh, probably the like best way to help out. And it is like helping out through donating your money. While it might not be an option for like everyone to do, if you do have like some spare um, money that can be given to campaigns, it is the best way that you can make a direct impact on what happens inside this election. Now I've linked inside the document or sorry, I've linked inside the article that will be posted on our website, the different um, donation websites for each candidate. But if you do donate to their campaigns, it helps them directly and they're able to pour that money into um, using it to cover the expenses of media, doing strategy research, uh, covering administration fees and even more. 
And while donating money is the most effective way you can get involved and help out with political campaigns, we understand that it might not be um, easy for anyone to do that, especially with the hard times we're in with the pandemic. Um, us being so young, young, some of us might not work yet or have money on hand. Um, so we wanted to share other opportunities to help. And one of them can be volunteering. And I know Priya um, has been pretty involved in text banking recently. Um, I've done some phone banking, but uh, Priya, would you wanna like go into the opportunities yeah. that you have collected? Yeah, for sure. So uh, once again, the next way, or like the next best thing that you can do for these campaigns uh, rather than donating your money is donating your time. So um, campaigns like really need volunteers. They, while money and, and you know, support is like helpful, volunteers help campaigns build larger networks, reach more people. Um, without volunteers, campaigns would not be able to phone bank or canvas or anything. While it would be great if you could like campaign in Georgia, that is definitely not the case for a lot of our listeners. That is definitely not the case for Catherine or I. Um, so there are still ways though that you can help um, across uh, state borders. The options are different for every campaign, but there are different kinds of opportunities, including phone banking, text banking, writing postcards, uh, spreading the word through social media and more that you can do uh, to volunteer for these campaigns and help them from across the country. So once again, inside our article, I've linked different websites for the candidates uh, in which you can like figure out how to get involved. Um, so you should definitely go check that out. In my experience, text banking and phone banking is um, like a very great way to feel like you're contributing to a campaign uh, in, even if it might not be in person and uh, you like get to contact voters and it really does help you feel like you're making an impact and not just like sitting around and feeling nervous. So I would definitely recommend this to our listeners. Yeah, for sure. And I think if you haven't tried phone or text banking yet, I think I, I would totally recommend that you should. Um, I think Priya and I both have done those and it's just change is most powerful and effective on like a personal level or like at a local level and no I've I don't I'm not I haven't done text banking but I've done phone phone banking like talking to these people hearing their stories and sharing their stories and like appealing to those emotions that to me is like the most effective or inspiring way to get involved and to make change because you know, sometimes people aren't paying attention to the people involved because there's like there's so many people in like in your county and your state and even on the national level, like it's impossible to um, heed everyone's needs. But I think sometimes you have to take the effort to listen to what people are worried about and see how they're feeling because when you listen to their stories, you can tell what your nation needs the most. You can tell what the people need the most in your communities. So I think it's definitely inspiring just like talking to people and even if they don't agree with you, you can still learn from that experience and like having to discuss people without causing major conflict. So I definitely think like, if you take anything from this, go try phone banking, try text banking. It's a really great, great experience and definitely recommend it to everyone. That was so well put, Catherine. Like, thank you so much. That was really, really good. 
Um, and I agree with every word you just said. So now there's one more way that our listeners can get involved inside the election, and that is literally just spreading the word. Now, one of the biggest problems when it comes to runoff elections is low voter turnout. On average, um, inside runoff elections, 35% fewer voters turn out in compared to the general elections or even primary elections. So that means that 35% less people, like on average, are not going to have their voices heard. And obviously that's a problem because it allows candidates to win when maybe they wouldn't have inside a general election um, or under like more normal circumstances. So one of the biggest ways that, or like one way that you can influence this Georgia runoff is by spreading the word and trying to get people to come out and vote and become informed on like, oh wait, there's another election happening. Because think about this from the minds of like a Georgian who maybe just got registered to vote this year, like this is their first year voting. Um, I, I wouldn't expect them to know that like they have to vote in November and then also three months later vote again. Unless they're told by someone, they're most likely not going to do so. So, you know, spreading the word can be different for everyone. Um, for some people, this could mean like telling your relatives who live like in Georgia or in the South uh, to go and vote or telling them to spread the word, informing them. Uh, maybe for others, this entails, you know, spreading the word on social media, retweeting things, putting things on your Instagram story. Um, and whatever it is, um, spreading the word can not only uh, get people to turn out to vote, but it can also encourage other people to take action like we've talked. So spreading the word is definitely like a great way to contribute to the runoff elections that are gonna happen in Georgia. Yeah, and I think a common problem is that people think, oh, I don't know anyone in Georgia, I can't help or spread the word. But imagine like you phone bank for an hour and then you tell three friends how that um, experience went and they think, oh, maybe I'll go phone bank and they also do the same thing. And then they tell three friends, like word spreads fast if you do it that way and you try to get other people involved because if you tell three people and they tell three people, then turnout can like, increase drastically in Georgia or like in any situation like um, spreading the word doesn't have to be limited to this situation but there are definitely ways where you can help out and get more people involved. Yeah for sure so um, I think that's all we have for like making direct action so um, yeah we hope that out of this episode, you gained an understanding of what the Georgia runoffs are, uh, maybe who the candidates are, and hopefully some of you will feel inspired to go and phone bank or ask your parent to donate to some candidate or just like tell a few more people about what the runoffs are and, you know, spread the word a little bit. We really hope that you guys will take a little bit of a part inside this election because it's going to affect everyone in the country. and. Yeah, we'll like see you guys next time when we discuss what actually happened. Oh, I'm excited to post when we see what happens to the Georgia election. Yeah, um, and what that means for our future for at least another few years. But yeah, um, we all we, we wrote an article about this as well. It will be on our website. We definitely hope you like look at those links, check it out. 
Um, this might be a long episode. I'm not sure because I kind of rambled a bit and went off of tangents when Priya was trying to finish it up. But um, I just think definitely check it out. There's always something you can do. And we just hope you took something from our rambling. <laughs> yeah. So once again, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on First. Thank you.